0: this thing on? Welcome to our podcast. My name is Will and here with me is Jack. Hey Will. We're Generation Z kids of Generation X dads asking ourselves how the heck did we end up recording a podcast. One minute we're playing Call of Duty and watching YouTube and the next our dads dragged us into the basement and shoved a microphone in our face.
1: We will talk about all things old and boring, new and actually interesting, and growing up
0: in this new millennium. This show is stress-free and all about having a good time. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Latchkey Dads with Reg Anton.
2: In this episode, we talk about our least favorite board game of all time, Trivial Pursuit. We also play a fun game of Trivial Pursuit with our boys to see how they do.
3: We'll also take a moment to look back to the year 1989 and review the movie The Burbs with Tom Hanks. Which I have to say, I'm super excited. Uh, uh, Tim, that... Tim, yeah.
2: No, no. We struck out again. Sorry.
3: Ah, I really thought it would be fun to talk to Tom and get his take on that. No, no, no go. All right. Well, I guess we'll just talk about our experience watching
2: the movie. The Burps. Hey, kids. Guess what? It's family game night. Yeah. yeah.
1: Will there be snacks too? Purple stuff? Sunny D? What games are we going to
2: play? Twister? Operation? <laughs> good idea, boys. But tonight, we're gonna play Trivial Pursuit.
1: Oh, man. That game is dog water.
0: Yeah, that game really s-
3: Hey, Greg. You know, on nights when we would play games, there was nothing worse than the phrase, oh, I love Trivial Pursuit, coming up right after we were told we were going to be playing games. The questions
2: were so hard, and I I just feel like the parents were showing off. Agreed, Tim. I mean, it was just the hardest questions. There's nothing ever interesting for kids. It was just this little board with these little pie pieces that you'd go around. And it was always, you know, you got bored after about five minutes. Um, But I have here with me, um, I don't know if it's an original uh, Trivial Pursuit, but the copyright says 1981, so it is old. Um, and I thought I would have a little contest, uh, for, or challenge for Jack and Will, who are with us here today. I'm gonna put up, ready here, five (laughs) dollars of my own money, uh, for you guys, um, and what we're gonna do is, you're gonna roll the die, uh, we're gonna pick a question, uh, as it comes up, and if you get it right, you will win five dollars. Now you get to work together as a team. Uh, but I am confident you're not going to get one question right. <laughs> I love this idea, and I can't wait to hear the answers they come up with. Um, okay, let's uh, uh, have uh, Will roll the die. And that's five. Ooh. And according to the chart.
3: Awesome. So five is the science and nature. So get ready, boys. Here we go. Here's your question. We'll give you five. 5, 10, 15, I don't know, 157 seconds
0: to answer (laughs) these questions.
3: What part of the body does glaucoma strike?
0: Jack, I know you
3: know
1: this. Um, I really don't. Well, I'm looking at you. You are always better at science.
0: I honestly think it's the arm. I'm gonna go with the femur bone. I love the femur bone, let's go with that.
3: <laughs> that is a great answer, because we all know that the femur is firmly placed in the eye, where glaucoma will often affect a person. So well done, boys.
2: That's zero Sorry, no. guys.
3: <laughs>
2: Jack, your turn to roll. Oh, great. Ooh, a one. And one is a geography question. Are you guys ready? What natural breakwater lies off the northeast coast of australia what natural breakwater lies off the northeast coast of australia
1: i'm gonna have to go with the most obvious answer here of the pacific ocean ah yes exactly
2: Uh, I, we need a good sound effect of an because the correct answer is, of course, the Great Barrier Reef. Oh, oh. very close, very close with very the Pacific close. Ocean. <laughs> All right, Will's, Will's
3: opportunity to roll again. Here we go. Ooh, another one, another geography question. I feel pretty strongly about this. All right, here we go, boys. What Austrian city was named for its mining and trading of salt? Oh, I know you, you guys you know that one it's it's right there salty town
1: <laughs> salty springs oh there you go uh
3: very close boys actually quite close with Salzburg oh, wow. they were on the right track the right road that was
2: impressive I think they should get like a half a point for that <laughs> how much money do we get for having? we'll tear the five and a half and you both get half great. great um okay Jack it's your turn go ahead and roll the die Oh, on six. So this question is, you might have a chance, it is sports and leisure. Sports and leisure. And the question is, what four tournaments make up golf's Grand Slam? The Olympics.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's a wonderful answer. Um,
1: (laughs) So totally right. The Grand Tour. Oh, I like that better. (laughs)
2: Uh, I'm sorry, but the, the correct answer is the Masters, oh. PGA, mm. and U- U.S.-British Opens. Mm. So, yeah, that's close. We'd close. never have gotten that. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think that's actually, they refer to
3: that as the Grand Tour, so you're <laughs> pretty close. Hey,
0: that's got to be worth at least half a point. Oh. Yeah, We've got like one total point so far.
3: <laughs> we'll have to check the rule book on that. All right. Another round? One more. Let's one go. More. Here we go. All right. Ooh, a two. That's going to get us into the entertainment category. This was actually one of the categories I felt like I had a chance when I played as a kid, even though I never got any of them right. Here we go. Who threw a badly aimed tomahawk on TV's Tonight Show?
1: Jimmy Fallon. Um,
0: yeah, Jimmy Fallon, on the way.
3: Okay, you were close. Um, the actual person's name was Ed Ames. Ed Ames. I
1: have no idea who that is.
3: <laughs> was Jimmy Fallon even alive
2: in 1981? <laughs> Excellent question.
1: Um, have to resort to Google.
2: <laughs> All right, last chance, boys! Last chance mm-hmm. to win your five dollars. Uh, I think Jack, uh, you're gonna roll. And oh, oh, this was the wor- This was the worst category to ever get. It is arts and leisure. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, arts and literature. Artisan this Literature. We're
1: get. Yep. Th-
2: this is it, guys, because this is so obvious. Um, who created Detective Nero Wolf?
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> <Who>? Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon for the win. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The correct answer is Rex Stout. The obvious answer <laughs> of Rex Stout. We all know. Yes. Famous <laughs> author. no idea Stout. who that
1: is.
3: I think they would add a better chance with Tyrannosaurus Rex than... <laughs>
1: That I could actually
3: guess. All right. Well, I think it proves that the same effect that we felt as kids of having any (laughs) idea what the answers were in Trivial Pursuit has proved true (laughs) with our offspring. Welcome to Mayfield Place. A typical street in the burbs. Morning, Walter where nothing much ever
1: happened. Walter's dog just took a dump on Rumsfield's lawn again until the Klopex moved in.
2: Klopex? Klopex. Our movie review this time around is going to be about the 1989 movie The Burbs, starring Tom Hanks, Carrie Fisher, Bruce stern and my favorite Corey Feldman. Uh, brief synopsis of the movie, if you haven't seen it, it's in about an overstressed suburbanite uh, and his neighbors that are convinced that the new family on the block are part of a murderous, satanic cult. Can't go wrong with that, right? No, that's a
3: great premise. It great really premise. is. <laughs> uh,
2: the movie was rated PG, uh, and it was directed by a guy uh, by the name of Joe Dante. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever heard of Joe Dante, know some of his 80s uh, movies.
3: I do remember the name, but uh, specifics of the movies that he did, I'm sure I'll remember when I see it on our next review. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he, he did um, Gremlins 1 and 2. Oh, of course, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, he did one of uh, my favorite movies as a kid, The Howling.
3: Mm, yeah. Uh, uh,
2: and he also did uh, two other movies, a little more obscure. One is Inner Space.
3: Oh, yeah. Classic. Classic
2: yeah. inner space. Um, and then uh, Amazon Women on the Moon. Ha- oh, OK. Ha- have you ever seen Amazon Women on the Moon?
3: I don't think I ever did. Did you?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. It's it's a good one. It's a it's a good uh, little un, unknown gem of the 80s. Nice. One day
3: Nice. Have to we'll have to do a review of that and I'll see it for the first time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then realize, no,
2: I saw it. <laughs> so the movie did uh, fairly well. Um, it, it made more money um, than, than they projected it, and it also had uh, really bad reviews. Yeah,
3: yeah, I heard that, that the the cast thought it was, like, panned in every way that it possibly could have been, but, you know, it's become a cult classic, and, you know, it's, it's funny how that happens so often with movies where it just gets destroyed by the critics, and then, you know, 20 years later, it's still, you know, making money, and people still love it, so it's it's cool that this, you know, the burbs fell into that category and still has life
2: most definitely yeah it's uh it's a cool fun little click uh fun little movie that doesn't really fall into any one particular category
3: yeah yeah and there's elements of the way that uh tom hanks acts in it that uh i don't know if you remember the movie uh joe versus the volcano yes uh i mean that style that he portrays in it i feel like there were elements of that in the burbs where you know even the scene which is still one of my favorite scenes and and i Realized, you know in kind of going back and looking through the movie that he ad-libbed this part of the movie where he grabs at the gurney and Throws it in the back of the ambulance and then just dives on it and you know Makes a comment about his wife's hair or something like that And you know, he's <laughs> like, you know, take me to the hospital I'm sick, you know, like the whole thing and that was all just ad-libbed by Tom Hanks, but those sort of erratic Wild moments, you know are very true to his, you know early acting career where you do these, Like he'd seem pretty calm and then all of a sudden he would just lose his mind
2: I think that was the point of the movie, was to really kind of show how suburbia has a, a weird under, t- uh, under underside to it. Yeah, um, yeah, Definitely, of course, with the murderous satanic cult. <laughs> um, but just the stress, I think they, they did a good job of showing, like, you know, the one, the one neighbor's dog poops on everybody's yard, and that annoys you, and then uh, the weird neighbors that are in your business.
3: Yeah, and, you know, on the surface, it looks like everything's all shiny, and everybody's, you know... Just living this, these idyllic lives in a way, but then these little tiny things that sort of add up that you know will push someone who's seemingly you know balanced, you know, like Tom <laughs> characters, or, uh, Tom Tom Hanks' character, will then just have that moment where they kind of snap, and now all of a sudden he's on this mission that he has to find out what's in the basement of the neighbor's house. You know, it's it's pretty pretty interesting and, and an interesting take on on society. Really, you know,
2: then most definitely, and then we're not gonna spoil it. Um, but it does have a great twist ending yeah Uh, well a good twist ending maybe not great
3: well and i think unexpected in the time that the movie was made there were a lot of films that would set you up to think something was going to happen and and a lot of times it kind of went the way that you were sort of led you know down that path and and i think in this case they kind of lead you in a direction and then you know they take a pretty decent turn um you know to give us that twist ending that maybe you know as a young kid you're not expecting you
2: know yeah, and I think one of the, the the factors of the movie that I really, really enjoyed was I liked Corey Feldman's character. I liked that he was just the kid sitting back being entertained by adults acting irrationally. Yeah. And, and uh, he's just like... Inviting his friends over, like, wait till you see what happens tonight. And I was like, I, I just love that concept of the kids, the one being entertained by adults. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And the way that the other characters, you know, are portrayed, uh, you know, even, you know, Rumsfeld, you know, he's like supposed to be this military guy who's, you know, got, you know, all this weaponry and, you know, surveillance equipment. And it seems like he should be, you know, able to control the situation to some degree. And yet his character is so flawed and, how he's you know clumsy you know you're someone who has this, like a giant automatic weapon shouldn't be clumsy and yet like there's the scene where the bees are chasing <laughs> the neighbors and he he runs you know with the hose and then the hose gets to its length and he you know gets unfooted and lands on the ground And you know later on when he's chasing Hans and you know he calls him Pinocchio and <laughs> runs after him and then loses his footing on the grass and you know manages to take Hans down That's but it's all tackle. by yeah just by comedic uh timing that he managed <laughs> to capture him so all that kind of stuff i just love those little elements of here's your character and what you think they're going to be and then they're completely opposite in the way that they act so.
2: yeah i think one of the the funny foreshadowing parts is his wife uh tom hanks's wife is played by carrie fisher uh, and she says uh, don't let this get too far before somebody falls off a roof or catches on fire <laughs> And both those things happen within the next, like, 24 hours. Yeah,
3: yeah. And you mentioned Carrie Fisher, and it was fun, you know, going back and, again, being reminded that she was not something other than Star Wars, you know, and, you know, her character, you know, obviously it's a sporting role, and but still, you know, it was fun to see, you know, Princess Leia as, you know, somebody who's just a standard, you know, housewife, you know, and, you know, those elements of their relationship were fun as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, most definitely.
3: Yeah. Uh, and there's that moment where the two of them are, are watching TV and it happens to be Jeopardy. Um, and I thought it was funny that there was a box of a snack of some sort called Freakies. Um, which I, when I watch movies and, and TV shows, I often will, you know, especially if I've seen it before, I'll watch all the, the subtleties of the, the set design and stuff like that. And I thought that was an interesting choice that they put a, a box of freakies, you know, sort of with the neighbors who are strange and sort of freaky that they put this product there that I, I assume was sort of something they, um, made up for the movie or something. I've never heard of the, the product freakies. Do you remember a, a product that was like a snack or something called freakies?
2: No, actually, I, I do not. I, I did remember seeing that Freakies <laughs> in the thing, um, but I don't recall it being from something else. However, the box of cereal from uh, in the morning mm-hmm. uh, is Gremlins.
3: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that as well. So that was
2: definitely a, a, a specific product placement by the, the former director.
3: <laughs> yeah. And probably a nod um, to Corey Feldman. Uh, who was in uh, Gremlins as well? So
2: I always forget that Corey Feldman was in, was in Gremlins.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah he was, uh, um, you know, like omniscient in the sense that in, like every movie from that time frame, somewhere you'd be like, oh, there's Corey Feldman again, yeah. <laughs> or Corey Haim. The two of them seem to the Corys seem to be in everything. Everything, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, there's a there's a lot of weird facts about this movie, um, which is really uh, nice. I'm gonna throw this one out there that I looked up that uh, <laughs> the uh, Uh, Corey Feldman was friends with Michael Jackson Mm. at this time, yeah. And Michael Jackson had that uh, chimpanzee named Bubbles, right? Yeah. And so apparently, Bubbles would show up to the set all the time, yeah. Um, so much so that he would um make a mess of things, (laughs) and it got so bad and so common that eventually they banned um Bubbles from the set (laughs) of the Burbs.
3: That's funny. The Bubbles (laughs) ban had to be put in place.
2: Which is, uh, like, this movie just screams 80s. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's got every kind of weirdness of the 80s that makes it so great.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny you mentioned that connection between Corey and uh, Michael Jackson. Uh, there's this scene where Corey's inviting his friends over, first his girlfriend and then a bunch of other you know people that are going to watch all the, the antics that go on <laughs> during the night. Um, and when Corey first comes out on the porch, he's wearing this black leather jacket. That's like covered yeah. in studs and all kinds of stuff. And when I, when I saw that, it immediately, immediately made me think, I wonder if that was a Michael Jackson jacket that he actually got from Michael Jackson. Cause they were so close and it had very MJ sort of bedazzling to it. <laughs> um, and at the same time, it made me think back to like, at that time, like there was. That off chance that you'd find one of those jackets at like a department store that was like a knockoff. That would have been so cool (laughs) um, I never got one. Um, but I remember my mom she would go to um sidewalk sales I don't know if you, know, if you remember oh, that yeah. whole concept, but yeah, the sidewalk sales were like where we got everything. It was always, you know, where can you get it cheap and and at a discount, which, you know, to their credit, I mean, my parents were able to get us some cool stuff even when it was ex- you know exceedingly expensive. Um, and she did find one of the Michael Jackson jackets. It was the red one from the Beatles. It's got to be red. And uh, it was too big for, you know, my brother and I. It was an adult-sized coat, but my dad wore it for Halloween one year, which was, which was pretty cool.
2: That is very cool. You yeah. don't still happen to have that jacket, do you?
3: If I were a betting man, I would say that it is still up at my parents' house in a closet <laughs> How somewhere. How cool would that yeah. be? Yeah.
2: Oh, that's so funny. Um, I, You know, uh, there's some, like I said, there's some really fun facts about this movie. Here's another one that uh, I found that I love uh, because this movie was also one of my favorites. Uh, not an 80s movie, but the um, the annoying neighbor, Walter, has that little point, uh Toy, toy poodle named queenie who poops on everybody's yard sure. and that's the same dog that plays the um killer in silence of the lambs <laughs> buffalo bill yeah. you know he has that yeah, bu- that yeah. that poodle is queenie uh from the burbs that's so really another bizarre uh uh fact about about the burbs yeah that's that's uh interesting that you know i
3: i guess you know pet actors they'll, they'll they will get in more than one movie potentially but that's a Interesting, you know, uh, juxtaposition of the movies that uh, <laughs> Queenie, Queenie was in. So, There's uh, one thing that I, I thought was kind of interesting right at the beginning of the movie, um, the way that the credits kind of begin and you're out, you know, in space looking at the earth and it zooms in closer and closer on this little cul-de-sac where the movie is is set um it kind of reminded me of the way that um the virtual google earth is controlled in, totally. a, in a vr and i thought you know maybe that's what google got their inspiration for the uh, the mm. google earth program because it's very similar in how the you know that whole zoom process occurs
2: and i do remember that like from the first time i saw the movie i was like oh that is so cool to, yeah. to pinpoint it and add add to the movie
3: yeah. And, and for 89, I mean, graphically, they did a pretty good job of selling. I mean, the, the really zoomed out version of it yeah. looks a little not as graphically intense as once they zoom in close on the on the houses. Yeah. It, it, it's a smooth transition. It's really pretty well done for 89.
2: It was. It was, and I, I. don't know if it's. Uh. You know whether it was Joe Dante or the director of. Uh the, uh. the. You know. Uh. Videography, but that was a great beginning, and even throughout the movie, watching it again as an adult, I hadn't seen the movie in, in quite some time. Um, it was really shot well. I think they were very purposeful in a lot of the, the the takes that they did and and the angles that they took, and and I was I did appreciate that in the movie. I thought that was a, a under under uh, rated.
3: yeah yeah yeah. and and with a movie where the setting is very consistent i mean they're in this small cul-de-sac for the entire movie um aside from the one dream sequence which it was funny going back and watching that again um you know the last time i saw this movie it was so many years ago i kind of forgot about that and you know watching it um with my kids um i was i mean they're old enough now that i I was pretty sure there wasn't going to be anything that was too you know jump scarish but um it was kind of funny to see that dream sequence and some of the elements of the sort of demonic mm-hmm. neighbors being brought into tom hank's dream and uh that was you know pretty fun as well
2: i had completely forgotten about that scene uh myself and i was like oh this is i'm like like looking over at, at will like is he okay but yeah he he was okay with it
3: yeah yeah and there were, there were like those elements of it that you know my my child memory versus you know my adult you know how i watch things you know knowing my kids are going to see it i was like is there something i forgot here that this movie is going to have in it that's <laughs> going to totally freak them out and i mean it, it is pretty mild all things considered you know to what could have been in the movie they they definitely made it more family friendly in that respect
2: yeah they did they kept it they kept it pg uh, at that time um given the subject matter
3: yeah yeah. yeah yeah and you know i think um i had read something that the original uh script that, you know, the movie was, was, you know, sort of presented as they did want to take it in a much darker direction where um, the the original, you know, storyline was that at the end, uh, Tom, Tom Hanks character actually is killed. Um, and, you know, they obviously decided to, to go in a different direction with the final movie. But I think, you know, when it was originally written. They they were going to take it down that darker oh, road. That, that's
2: fantastic. Yeah. I think they, they should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would have been pretty wild. That would have been that would have been pretty good. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. It was fun, too, to see some of the, the cars and, you know, clothes of that era. Um, it was funny when when art's character first is introduced and he's sort of you know, coming through the backyard with his piece of shrubbery on him and his gun so yes. he can shoot the, the bird. Um, my daughter immediately looked at his shorts and she's like, why is he walking around in boxer shorts? And it was just, you know, of that time frame, the plaid shorts Were that people would wear out. in public like looked a <laughs> lot like, you know, boxer shorts. So she was yeah. confused.
2: And I was like, no, that's, that's what people wore in the 80s. <laughs> He's not out in his underwear. He's uh, dressed. Yeah. I think one of the the one uh, one element the movie could have had a few more of were one-liners, and there were some in there that were that were pretty good. I don't know if uh, any any stick out to you, um, you know?
3: Yeah, I, for me it was more about like the action sequences that were funny. Yep. Um, yeah. Some of the the little subtleties that were going on while like a conversation was happening. So even in the beginning when Art comes over and he's first in the house, you know, he's just like plowing through you know all the breakfast and then he gets the pineapple and he gets the, the ribs and he's just mowing through food Helping himself yeah I mean the conversation is you know it's taking us to a place but there's not all that like you know like you said one-liners and you know sort of comedic mm-hmm. elements there but it's all about the physical comedy that's happening What's going
2: on? yeah, yeah. The, the only line that I remember as a kid that we would say a lot of was post toasty <laughs> yeah. and we would use it like it had nothing to do with being on a post and being fried it, it was just like oh yeah that's a post toasty <laughs> i don't know it, yeah. it was in our vernacular for a little while yeah
3: yeah and and to that end you know we we would always say red rover red rover let you know whatever neighbor's name fill in the blank go over and then what they would do we'd be like good good you know <laughs> which you know rumsfeld in that moment is just so funny so up good. on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> and even the setup of that moment where it's like it's bright sunny afternoon it's <laughs> like elite you know special ops moment where they're climbing over the fence <laughs> it's just they could have just walked in, you know walked in at that point because the neighbors that are you know they had already left so it was just Ex- hysterical yeah. you know?
2: it, it was so silly yeah. yeah
3: and even the you know the, the the physical comedy element of like when art falls you know over the, over fence. the fence like
2: <laughs> classic you know <laughs> his fingers are all burnt. yeah <laughs> and that's so great when yeah. it's on the post oh. <laughs> so good so good so i i give it a five out of five stars personally wow uh, all right I, I, I just and i don't know if that's nostalgia maybe if i just looked at it as yeah it could have used a little more Corey feldman it could have used a little more uh setup in that regard or been something specific instead of so so many different little things but i i don't know i just have so many fond memories of it
3: yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll second your five out of five because it's, it, you know, there's a lot of movies that I saw back then, but there's probably only, you know, a small grouping of them that still come into my mind periodically. And like I said, that Red Rover, Red Rover part <laughs> and, you know, other little pieces of the movie will still like flash into my mind in certain situations where, you know, if, if a movie has lasted that long in my mind, like it definitely has to get a pretty high rating. So.
2: Nice. All right, so highly recommended. The Burbs. I'm going over the fence, and I'm not coming back till I find a dead body. I picked this for the movie review because it's one of my favorite and most obscure 80s movies of all time. It's wacky, bizarre, and for some reason comforting. I like how the whole movie occurs over three or four days during his Tom Hanks vacation and takes place entirely in the one little cul-de-sac. Uh, it's funny, got a strong plot, great cast, and a nice twist ending. Uh, it also included Corey Feldman as part as the party-going kid next door. But I'm curious, because I love the movie so much, what would Generation Z think of the movie? So we've got the movie, the boys watched it, and now we're going to kind of dive in and see what their opinions of it are.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, there was so much about it that was fun, you know, when we were kids, so... Without further ado, uh, Jack and Will, what did you guys think of that movie?
1: Um, One of my favorite things about that movie was um, there were so many twists and turns in the plot. You didn't really know what was going on half the time. Um, Something sort of just happened and other things you could kind of predict. It was... uh, I think Tom Hanks, his acting was really good. I like how his... Mood changed from, I don't care, I'm going to stay in my house all vacation, to, I'm not leaving my neighbor's house until I find a dead body. (laughs)
0: That was really cool to me. Uh, So, I really liked it. It was good, I guess. Uh, I thought it was really funny. The neighbors next door were all really good. It was good how, like... Uh, they set it up, and they didn't introduce each character, but it was nice because they had each one, and they were, like, all somehow working together to find out what was going in that house. I really liked the military guy. He was hilarious and how he just <laughs> randomly pulled out this massive sniper, and I just thought that was the best part. I also liked the other dumb neighbor neighbor when he got electrocuted. Honestly, the best part. And then I liked the party-going kid. He was probably my favorite character because he didn't really care what was going on, so that was just the best for me.
1: Well, I heard you earlier say that the neighbors were good. I don't... Did you think that they were the good guys or the bad guys? Uh, you can see both sides, in my opinion.
0: I can't, because they <laughs> killed somebody. I mean, like, it wasn't good to go in their house, but they did kill somebody, so...
1: That's true. <laughs>
2: L- let me ask you guys this. Did you see the twist ending oh by the way spoiler alert if nobody's seen this 1989 (laughs) movie you know it's a little late but uh did you guys see the ending coming or did it surprise you
1: which ending
2: the final the final Ah, yeah i saw it it
0: was uh, it was they made it too obvious
1: in my opinion if you really paid attention and you were watching the whole way through it was really obvious, but if you yeah. were just like a casual watcher, you weren't really watching to figure out every little detail. Um, the ending was could be a little bit surprising.
0: Yeah, I thought they made it obvious because they found a literal human bone in their backyard, so that that kind of gave it away. But it was it's still kind of surprising at the end.
1: Yeah, um, I think it was an amazing movie based on the time period, and um i think the uh the dog that um always went to the bathroom in the other neighbor's yard the start with that being the start was very cool i like how they just started it immediately off with some chaos
0: yeah i liked it too it's not my favorite 80s movie ever but it was good
3: Well, Greg, I think we have a pretty short report card for this episode. The only thing I have to confirm is that the Trivial Pursuit question about The Tonight Show's infamous Tomahawk Throw aired on April 29th, 1965. And Jimmy Fallon was born on September 19th, 1974. So he was not alive when the Tomahawk episode aired. Oh, okay. Good to know. Thanks for listening. Yeah, hope you enjoyed it,
2: and stay tuned. We'll be back again soon. Tim, did you know that listeners should like, review, and subscribe to the Latchkey Dads podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know. <laughs> no, I know no, he's at no. the
1: battle.